0: Welcome to the New Books Network.
1: Hi, welcome to the New Books Network's Library Science Channel. My name is Halal Yadin. I am your host today. Um, and I am here to talk about On the Digital Humanities Essays and Provocations with Stephen Ramsey. Um, would you like to introduce yourself and the book and your general background? Sure. Yes,
0: as you say, I'm uh, Stephen Ramsey. Um... Most people call me Steve. I am I am uh, uh, an associate professor of English and a fellow at the Center for Digital Research in the Humanities at the University of Nebraska Lincoln. And I just I uh, I have a book that is out now um, from University of Minnesota Press uh, uh, on the digital humanities: essays and provocations. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, so then I've been I've been involved in the digital humanities community in one way or another since the. 1990s or so late nineties, I would say.
1: And can you tell us about the format of the book?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, it's a, it's, it really is a, a collection of, um, it's really a collection of essays. And I, I wish I had, a, I wish I had a, a good origin story, right? There's, 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 some, you know, um, you're doing this sort of thing. People, people say, you know, how did this book come about? And, and, uh, um, I, I, uh, it came about really because I, (laughs) um, I wrote a book in 2011, uh, called, uh, reading machines. Uh, And that was, that book was really a defense of digital humanities. Didn't say that on the, on the cover, but that's really what it was. It was, it was kind of a, people were, uh, a little nervous about, about, uh, um, digital DH. They were, they were, um, uh, uh, Worried or confused or weren't sure what what this was and what the digital meant for for the humanities, and so I wrote this book and that kind of put me on this um, put me on the speaker circuit. Right, people were inviting me to come okay. to, to explain myself, and I think what they were they, this is really luck on my part. They they really invited me to come say you know well answer these questions for us. What's the field about and that sort of thing. Um, so I I wrote a a lot of talks where I tried to um, talk about what I thought the the, the big issues were in digital humanities, what the challenges were, what uh, what was exciting and hopeful about it, all of that kind of thing. Um, and now I think it's the I think uh, good, smart, conscientious scholars. What what they do is when they go give a talk like that, they come home and they say you know what I'll do I'll turn this into an article and publish it somewhere uh, but I never do that I just sort of <laughs> throw it in a drawer and move on to the next thing uh so um so for the last few years I you know, I had this idea you know I should probably take all that stuff and revisit it and work at it, and uh, take you know, see, see what's what is uh still still relevant what questions are still outstanding and and, uh, and and published them all as one as one collection. And uh, fortunately, an editor at the University of Minnesota Press thought that was a good idea too. And so so here we are. So that's really' really where the book came from. Um, I will also admit too that uh, that um, that the pandemic had something to do with it. I I, I found, and maybe we can talk about this. I, I found uh, when when uh, during lockdown, I, I found the inability to go to a physical library was was way more, a troublesome weather. <laughs> I, yeah you know, <laughs> yeah i planned the whole you know sort of research project and i i found it oh i you know i i, I had uh, every every face that that um that the online resources would, would uh, perfectly funny but actually i i found it really hard so it, this project seemed a little a little more doable you know
1: well i think that that's actually really interesting and relevant to the big questions if you want to talk more about what was that disconnect between the digital resources and you're hoping to accomplish
0: especially since i think that's quite up your alley as well so (laughs) maybe we should talk about that at some point yeah all
1: right um so the core of your work or at least you know the past 10 or so years that i got from reading the essays um really seems to be about asking questions. Maybe not asking good questions. Maybe that's not, you know, you don't want to put a value judgment on it, but asking productive questions um, and really building the tools to enable asking different questions. Um, so what does, what in your view, what does DH offer all of these disparate fields in the humanities um, that their core methodologies don't in terms of Asking and answering questions. Yeah, you know, I think I think um, there's 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 a few
0: different ways to, to think about that. I think uh, you know, one is 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 uh, surely there are there are some sort of things that we would like to know about as humanists, or that are potentially interesting, or, or something that are that are really only tractable with. Some kind of computer technology, because just the nature of the question. Um, right around the time I published the, the first book, uh, Franco Moretti published "Graphs, uh, uh, Maps, and Trees," um, a very, very sort of popular meditation on these um, these subjects. And, and you know, he made a, a, a terrific point, which is that um, you know who who can who can even say how many novels were published in Europe in the nineteenth century? We just like. Is it is that number? Is it sixty thousand? Is it hundred thousand? I mean, no, no one, no one even really knows the answer to that question. But what one thing that is surely the case is that we can't read them. All. No one can. No human being could ever sit down and know and and have that kind of right. So, so it it feels intuitively like computers could help with that kind of um, that uh, that doesn't mean they do help. Uh, Yet right? to write it, it doesn't mean that that. Um, that they are an answer to the kinds of questions we ask in the humanities, but it's at least a, you know, that's a, a suggestive uh, direction is that computers might come to our assistance when we're trying to get at problems like that. Um, uh, there, are, but, but I think that the business of, of asking questions actually had more sort of, uh, there was a certain kind of pressure on, on, uh, digital humanities, um, in the early days that that amounted to saying, is this the humanities at all? Is it, is it asking the kinds of questions that the humanities ask, uh, really a kind of question, are we in the same category? Are we in the same class? Are Are we speaking the same language. And, and, uh, that, that's a more, that's a, that's a more complicated, that's a more complicated question, right? Um, you know, do, do computers, uh, does the, do the the use does the use of computers in the humanities yield the kinds of things we want to uh uh, uh you know i i guess i guess uh does does the does the does, does the use of technology to study the human record does that um does that take us into territory that takes us out of humanistic discourse completely and my my firm contention to this day is that it does not uh, absolutely does not do that uh but but plenty disagree <laughs> plenty disagree with me on that on that subject. to this day I mean you know it's interesting I, you know I, I said I mentioned that I, I I I one of the things I had to do is go back through all this this stuff I written and and see what was still relevant to what whats still what spoke to the present moment um you know I had no trouble finding people who I mean you know as of yesterday I'm sorry, I was mean, up to the present moment, um, quite convinced that, that, um, that this digital tech, this digital stuff is destroying the humanities. It's destroying English departments, the history departments, everything. So so. (laughs) apparently I haven't won the argument, but (laughs) I, I suppose I don't expect it.
1: Well, so what is, what are the humanistic questions then in your view that the computerized technology is, is speaking to what is your rebuttal to all of your critics i should say
0: yeah okay, well there's there's at least uh, i think two two sides to my um rebuttal one, one um one sort of um slightly irritated and one um and one one i think more son. Um, the slightly irritated response is <clears throat> do you really want this not to exist do you do, <laughs> I've always wondered, you know, in the the most, the more brutal attacks on the field, I once wondered, so, so do I understand you, 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 there are people out there who are interested in exploring what various technologies might mean for the study of the human record. you think they should stop? (laughs) This this seems to be an aggressively anti-intellectual position. I mean, even if they, even if they turn up nothing, uh, you know, it would be be like, um, uh, I mean, uh, you know, there there, are various, there there are a few academic subjects that I find a little dull. I won't say what they are. They're not, they're not really <laughs> you to my gesture taste.
1: Gesture at some in the book. <laughs> Anyone listening <laughs> is curious. What's that? Anyone listening <laughs> oh, is curious. That, which yeah. one? You might be able to figure it out if you read the book.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a few there's a few academic subjects that bore me a little, and I I um, uh, but I but I'm I I, I'm very glad that people are out there doing them. I don't I don't want people to stop. I mean, it, it just seems, you know, I mean. There's a, a big community of people who who are interested in this. They seem to have, they have the credentials certainly, and they seem to have the the the, the intellectual integrity of you know too. Uh, um, they they seem to have intellect, intellectual integrity that they're not asking these questions out of opportunism or something. So 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 that's my first kind of sarcastic answer. The second the second is more subtle, and it and it's that I I really I really if. When I try to say what, um, and actually, you know, it's been one of the the more fascinating things about my my uh, intellectual career is that, you know, I my the only training I have is as an English uh, Mm -hmm. professor, as a literary critic, Uh, but but through uh, you know luck and happenstance, just the way my career went, um, I I found myself having to think about the humanities a lot, uh, and uh, which meant. I think you know tr- trying to understand. Well, you know what what does what a human what a, what do historians really do? Um, you know, <laughs> what, the, what question? Yeah, what what's different about art history? Or what's different about um, historic? What do historical archaeologists really do? What a, what what? How do they think about our classicists or or philosophers or any any of the um, and and um, but then the next question is what what unites all these folks. Um and I, I think what what unites all of these folks is that is that we we are all looking for patterns. We're all looking at it, the human record, however broadly as broadly as as I can possibly be understood. Human record, whether that's visual or written, folklore, oral histories, all of it, all of it. Right? What we're trying to find is patterns. Regularities, dissonances, and anything anything that suggests a way of understanding uh, this uh, this material as it its its regularities, the regularities of its behavior um, over time. Whether we're talking about colonialism, or we're talking about the history of a particular text, or we're talking about um, or we're talking about the way uh, women are represented in in Western art, whatever it might be. Uh, I, I, think that that, that's, that's about where that's, that's where a historian and a literary critic and an historical archeologist, that's probably where we're all on the same page. And it also means that, that we're, we are all talking about at a, at a, at a mixed level up, we're all talking about what interpretation is, what makes an interpretation valid. If there's such a thing as validity and in interpretation and so forth, I, I, I think that's why, um, that's why at a digital humanist a humanities conference, where you have dozens of people from dozens of disciplines on, all, all. I think it's why we can all talk to each other because we're even though I might know nothing, and I I really do know next to nothing about you know the the, the work of historical archaeology, um, I, I I can follow what what you know at, at some level we can talk we can speak to each other and understand each other because we do have a common.
1: I do want to go back to this this question of interpretation and pattern making. Um, But one thing that what you just said made me think of from the book is this comparison to psychology departments where side by side you have the talk to me about your childhood psychologists and the cut open a rat's brain psychologists, right? Right. And nobody's saying they're not both doing psychology, but very different very different methods are coexisting and do you do you see or are you on some level striving for a future where maybe you know in a history department there's the looking at one document for years historian and the digital historian and those are equally Valid, and I will keep using historians because I am an archivist. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, I yeah. First of
0: all, I want to I want to publicly apologize to any psychologists I might have offended <laughs> sort of
1: That is more or less a direct quote from the book. Yes, I did. I, it is a direct quote. <laughs> I, I
0: I did write it. I I I hope uh, it's it's tug in cheek It's obvious, <laughs> but uh, but uh, but yeah, the the um, uh, not only I mean. the there are uh, in the same department in the story and there might be a historian who really is trying to um, trying to try to pick apart uh, a, a really a really sort of tiny things uh, <laughs> event you know so trying to understand what happened even on a single day or what happened at a at a meeting or what happened at, uh you know you might be studying the the Berlin conference or the or the or the uh, constitutional convention or something and you know you've divided yourself really to to or a Supreme Court case the, there are also historians in that same department who are studying you know, huge swaths of European history or you know the Napoleonic Wars or something like that and again that that, that doesn't they they there is something that unites those people though so, there are
1: already so very different methods in any
0: department. Sure. Yeah, sure.
1: But then something but then
0: they don't um we, we It's. you know it's, I mean this is corrupt because it it uh we were having uh, it, my department has been having this conversation. I mean, the English is a pretty just just in my department there are first of all there people study all different curates in literature, but there are lit scholars um there are creative writing specialists, poets, novelists. Uh, there's also specialists in composition and rhetoric. Uh we all go to different conferences, we all go to different and the question has come up, what 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 unites all of us? And I think I think I think there are things that unite us. It's not, it's not um, we're not, we don't just happen to be in the same department. And I think with the humanities too, if we were to create a, a school of the humanities, and we said uh and, and some places have such things, like a college of the humanities. Um Certain things would be in it, and certain things uh, would not. Um, and and I, I I think we would, um, we would we we would uh, we'd get that sorting hat worked out pretty uh, quickly, right? That that the chemistry is not I mean, probably doesn't belong in the same building as the historians, the literary critics, and the, and the artists.
1: That's yeah, that's interesting. So back to this, um, you write in the book, that digital humanities facilitates the process of pattern formation. Um, And, you know, a real thread of this is ways that you can pull out patterns to then interpret them. Um, Another thing that is coming to mind that I've been chewing over since I read it um, is you describing computers as machines that build other machines, um, Um, which I thought... Sorry?
0: Yeah, I'm writing about that in the interval,
1: Oh, okay. Well, right di- well, you know, so before we get into patterns, is there anything you want to say about that? Because I thought that that was a very, for me, as a, I know, very basic Python. That's what I need for my job. That's what I use. Um, but I'm not, I'm not a programmer. Um, and I thought that that was a really useful way of thinking about computers. And if you're writing about it, <laughs> not to put you on the spot, is there more that you want to say about that in terms of... In general or in terms of the field? Yeah, I don't know. I mean I I um
0: I, like I said, I am since I, I'm writing about that writing about some of these issues now, and I and so I, I have nothing but half baked, half formed thoughts. <laughs> uh, but I do say I do say something like this to my students every year that the computer is really not like other machines. It's it's really uh, you know, that if we were to sit down and list the the most epochal uh Technological innovations ever, or in the last five thousand years, or something, um, we would rightfully. Um, uh, we could even do. A, I could even do a poll with my students, and they'll hit on you know the the printing press and the steel plow and the 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 clock and you know and so forth. Uh, but uh, but there are different kinds of plows, and uh, and there are different kinds of clocks and things like that. But the thing about computers is you can, you can make a computer be a clock and you can also make it be a printing press. You can also, you can't quite make it a plow, but you can make it control one. And in fact, every, every modern plow is in fact controlled by a, a computer of some sort, that seems to, to me to put it in a different category of machines, that it's a, a different kind of thing. Uh, you know, when you sit down to write anything in Python, however, uh, however, um, However uh, simple you may regard it, um, you know you really are taking this machine and using it to go do <laughs> some task that it didn't know how to do before you sat down and told it how to do it. I mean That that and I I uh, you know I I one of the things about my field is that is that we're we're often accused um, and I, and I see why, but we're we're often accused of being digital you know sort of utopianists or something that that we're sort of fan we're big fans of technology we're big we we um and there's a there's a little bit of truth to that i mean obviously we're interested in technology we would not be involved with it but but this this idea that we see we see no downside uh you know (laughs) to, to automation we see now we see nothing negative about uh silicon valley we see nothing um we look at we look at uh x uh Platform formerly known as Twitter, we look at it and it was absolutely and critical. I mean, it could, you know, of course, we 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 understand very. I I think we understand very well that yes, you can control a plow, you can also control an atomic weapon system, and you know that the this in fact the the part of the consequence of being a machine that can be that can create machines uh, is I think and here's here I want, <laughs> you know, the, Think more carefully. So it was fit but I mean, it can uh, le- it can lend itself to good or evil. Certainly, that's, that's, that's,
1: I think often the people who are working most closely with the tools are the ones who are most critical of them. So I, it's absolutely not my impression of digital humanists. That they are not. That's good because <laughs> I think of the the negative yeah. consequences.
0: Yeah, uh, I can. Yeah, well, that's that's good. Although I I can think of plenty.
1: I <laughs> think <No, laughs> so, plenty of people disagree with me. I know.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, well, actually, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you something. Um, tell you something really really interesting is that that uh, <laughs> that um, I don't know. Uh, I, oh, I exaggerate a bit, but I, I know lots and lots of digital humanists who entertain a great um, great fondness for for fountain pens and calligraphy and. All the book arts and and letterpress printing and and some not this isn't just an interest I mean um, I can think of a couple of people in the field who run full blown labs where where they sort of walk students through the, the the history of printing and they are they're full on i will take of people like Matt Kirschenbaum at the University of Maryland uh, Ryan Cordell is at the University of Illinois both of them run these labs that are full of uh, printing presses. Well, the kind you pull the bar and everything, you know, I mean, so they, they, they uh, oh, well, I, I, I mean, I think they, they, uh, they're interested in the history of technology more broadly, but it's hard not to think that, um, we're also <laughs> maybe trying to get off the screens a little bit. Uh, uh I don't want to put words in the mouth, but I mean, I, I feel that too. I, I, I have a, I have a pretty sizable collection of thumb pens and <laughs>
1: I mean the the listeners will not be able to see this, but I'm looking at your room right now full of paper books. <laughs> you know, even the, even yes. the most devoted digital people are still you know engaging with the analog world. Oh, um,
0: sure. And, and uh, uh, that's another uh, that's another thing I tell my students uh, said, you know uh, and, and you hear this less now. I mean, back when I started, it was sort of like book versus computer. I mean that's yeah.
1: really it's a little before it. my time, but I've read it's the We had this course.
0: And uh, you know, I, I used to say to my students, I still say it I would uh, that, you know, if if I ever invent um invent a technology that is light, portable, cheap, and lasts a couple thousand years, I'll consider my time on this earth well spent, right? I mean, the book is, the codex book is done really well.
1: I mean we we see this in just the general world when the Kindle came out, there was all of this doomsday about the end of the print book and it just never happened. You know, ebooks did not replace books. <laughs> books are actually no, increasing no, I, in popularity. You know, there's there's but they people also love ebooks. You know, there's actually no antagonism. No, I, I um
0: it's it's true. We we didn't uh and actually the, the the subject hanging over any such discussion right now, of course, is is AI and AI uh means um uh it's hard to recapture. People forget that the, the, the um the moral panic over ebooks. And uh, you know, I mean people really, you know, they're very they're very upset about this. Um and um and and uh you know, they didn't replace books as you say, but they also didn't disappear. They didn't um um I loved ebooks um in all kinds of circumstances, uh, especially airplanes. I think ebooks yeah. are the greatest
1: equipment. Yeah. <laughs> re- I read physical books at home and on my commute I read ebooks on my tiny little phone as <laughs> close to my face. And it's right. and you, you know, different, there's different technologies serve different functions.
0: Right, and you probably don't um, feel as if you're making a moral decision when you. I really don't. (laughs) (laughs) I really don't. (laughs) Uh, But it did feel like a. It did. uh, Feel like a.
1: um, um, Well, there's also, and this is, this is maybe something that you can speak to more. But this idea that a book is a pure technology or just a pure reading is a pure pursuit in some way, um, in a way that computer anything isn't, uh, this is not something that I agree with, but it's certainly something that there's a lot of reverence for the book, um, in a way that I don't think there is necessarily, at least in the humanities for these digital technologies. I wonder
0: about that though. Um, I, I, you know, uh, I mean, I, I, the, the, the internet sort of hit the, the year I graduated from college. So, so I, so I, uh, I went off to college with a typewriter and then went off to grad school and the, and the, the internet appeared. So, so I'm in this generation that very well remembers the times before, our uh, computers. And for mo- most of my life, I, I, I couldn't imagine anyone feeling nostalgia for computer equipment. I mean, that seemed impossible. I mean, to, you know, it seemed um you know you you could you could easily imagine well, you didn't have to imagine, you, you could feel the a very romantic attachment to the smell of books and libraries and the, and the I mean I think I think for a lot of us who went into the kind of Professions that you and I did that. that, <laughs> that,
1: that, that we have to, yeah, they really that, yes. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's a romantic attachment to yeah to books and libraries and and and, and all of it. Um, and I could not imagine that computers would ever inspire that kind of nostalgia. Uh, I think that the record is in. Uh, there are all these people trying to restore computers from the sixties, and seventies, even the fifties. Retro computing, yeah, that's true. Retro, retro gaming. Uh, eight bit music. Uh, you know, I mean, so so I I I've been uh, my my instincts about this at the beginning I think were quite wrong that 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 people could get very attached to uh to, you know and and but that only, that only raises more questions like what what is it about um I, do people get do people get emotionally attached to uh mops and brooms? Do people get emotionally attached like what is it is it is, is this maybe something that, that is um Maybe not unique to but but seen often with um with information technology in particular that we we feel we we develop strong feelings and even strong emotions around anything that is about us communicating
1: with each other yeah, that's interesting do you wanna do you wanna say more about that
0: yeah i mean i just i just uh i guess I just offered it as a question i mean we 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 don't like <laughs> um I, uh, it, it's it's funny because an essay that did not make it into the book, I, t- I, t- I talked about this a little bit. It was from way back. Um, why is it uh, that we we don't? I mean, I remember this. I'm really dating myself, but I remember this this moment when um, the world switched to um, to uh, uh, pay at the pump gasoline. Okay. Now in New Jersey, I think there's a there's a, a law that. Uh, there's no self-serve gasoline.
1: You are correct. I've put my but own gas. Maybe be, in my life, most of
0: the country find to pump your own gas, um, and uh, and um, and that was. I mean, there was a time when there was no such thing, uh, and then uh, suddenly everyone could uh, go to the gas station and pull up the car and put in a credit card and. Pay for gas and leave without ever having any contact with a human being. Um, so similarly, I get you know we could use other examples. I mean, um, uh, the the kind of self self checkout at grocery stores. Um, now, now I don't, I don't. Uh, I, I I mean, I I would be happy to be corrected on this, but I, I don't, I, I doubt there was much hand ringing of this sort where people said, you know what, this pay at the pump thing. This, this, uh, this self-checkout, this is just going to drive us apart. This is just going to represent the breakdown of community and, and things like that. I think there were arguments against it that had to do with jobs and employment, but, but not quite the kind of, you know, we're all less human as a result of this technology. You compare that with the telephone. The tel- the invention telephone created, I mean, pe- the, you want to talk about moral pain, it's hard to recapture. I mean, people really did say, this will, this will, this may destroy us as a society that this means we will have less contact with each other. We will become more balkanized in our political opinions. That sound sounds familiar to me, <laughs> right? right. I mean, re, real moral pain. And and um, what's the difference? Well, I mean, the, the telephone was, was about communication, it was information, whereas yeah, the gas station <laughs> I'm mean, if sure if people might have objected, but not the way, not the way, not the way. They, yeah,
1: there was. I've seen a lot of sort of commentary on self-checkout and these kinds of things in the way that you're describing, but a different, a different tenor. Wouldn't yeah, with would clinic, yeah, yeah.
0: Again, may, maybe I, 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 maybe I'm not paying uh, enough attention to the. No, I think, uh, I
1: think, I think, I think you're right. I think the intensity of it is i mean even the other thing that i was thinking about um just with books is this apparently still ongoing debate about whether listening to audiobooks is reading um which i think it kind of speaks to a similar in a different way it speaks to a similar question about the print book and its its moral value and i'm i'm firmly on the audio this is my i'll tell you my bias i think listening to audiobooks is reading <laughs> i don't you are you are taking in the book right but there's all of this and there's i'm not in education in any in any way i think that there's a lot of this is coming from the education world where learning to look at words in a row and take them in with your eyes using certain eye movement and processing them is a different skill than listening to an audiobook for sure um but there is also a real moral debate about is can we does it count like does does it count as reading in its essential form and it's like who is counting and who are we counting for? I mean, we people are not getting at those questions before we talk about audiobooks. But this is, okay, let me get back real quick to the point I was making, which is the self-checkout debates and commentary. I mean, even compared to the reading books versus listening to audiobooks, I would say that there's kind of, I've seen more moral (laughs) hand-wringing. about the audiobook yeah, than the right, right even yeah. the the massive sort of societal shift of people no longer interacting with service workers
0: yeah yeah i and i want to i, I don't want to uh completely i i want to draw a distinction here but we shouldn't lose sight of the fact that there is a, a debate about self-checkout and absolutely and that de- a debates about labor and debates about and so i don't i don't want to uh at all um trivialize those those debates are or, or Make or or say by implication that those don't matter because of course they do. And in the case of uh, why why is there no self uh, why is there no pay at the pump at, in uh, New Jersey? I, I believe that that statute is entirely related to jobs. I,
1: it, I you know I looked it up once because I didn't quite buy it. There is apparently some mob involvement. <laughs> Okay. okay. We should, we should, now we're way out of my expertise. Yeah. <laughs> as a, a lay scholar of New Jersey, that's my understanding. Oh, okay. right. <laughs> okay. It's New Jersey yes, and right. Oregon. They're the only two states. They're very, it's all very, but that is the official reason, yeah, that it was creating okay, yeah. these gas station attendant jobs that if if we had self-service, those jobs would be lost, which is true. Um, sure. I just I just don't want to make sure we're not uh, we're we're not, but know, by, yeah, we'll, we're we're, 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 getting, we're talking about the the moral elements of these debates, or, yeah, not that there and, are yeah. or aren't debates. Yeah,
0: in 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 uh, this issue of nostalgia and things like that, which is which is uh, distinct, I think, from these. I just don't want by again by implication to, to downplay these other things because, of course, they're, they're no,
1: of course, they're very they're, they're critical they're, questions. They are, yeah, and and and
0: uh, and. Um, you know anytime we're talking about automation and nowadays anytime we're talking about automation we are talking about computers and so all of this you know it, it would be a mistake too uh, but but in terms of our, our private kind of psychological I mean this this uh audiobook thing is is fascinating isn't it I mean um, I suppose one way to defend audiobooks is very simple um, and that is that uh, is that uh, for for the for most of human history uh there were only audiobooks <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was only oral st- storytelling and you know I I uh, I love to look at um, and I I don't know when you when you look at um texts in in ancient Greek or Pyrus or, in, uh, Pirus, uh, or really, you know most most ancient texts um you know you you don't see uh punctuation you don't see spaces you often see boustrophedon, where things are written as the ox plows I I I draw for when I look at that sort of thing. I mean, I I am brought to the conclusion that that writing really began as storage. Uh, we were storing oral, <laughs> like the orality was was right, uh, saying things out loud, talking, having conversations, brokering agreements. Uh, that that was that was the primary thing. This was the secondary. With the writing part was the secondary Um, now now what's what's interesting about you know what you said is that that um, that uh, uh, you, you and, and you may know much more about this than me, that, that there's a concern at least in some quarters that that some essential skill or cognitive ability or affordance or some essential mental piece of uh, gymnastics or something will, will be lost if we're listening and not reading. And and that now I don't I am in I have no expertise as a cognitive science scientist.
1: Me neither. No one, I either. Either. <laughs> I,
0: But I I would I will say um, uh, that that this is a rather extraordinary turn of events in the history of the world because <laughs> because uh, you don't have to go back very far uh, um, only really a few centuries to to find um, people feeling that that reading is. Unambiguously bad for you. It is bad for your eyes. It is bad for your brains, and most of all, it is bad for your morals. And it's especially bad for the morality of of young women who are reading these romance. I mean, within the space of only three four hundred years, we go from that to to uh, um, to to one of the great campaigns of your profession. The, 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 the posters of Kermit the Frog, you know, that say "Read," right? Like reading. We somehow, in the space of a few centuries, transformed reading from a a morally questionable activity to something that is of all things actively good for you, a kind of like eat your vegetables, vitamins for the bread. I mean, how did this happen? And <laughs> this was incredible, isn't it? I mean, uh, you know, so 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 to hear um, the, the work, the, so the, you know, people worried about, about audio books um, I have no idea. As a, as a, like I, I don't teach young children or anything. I, I don't. i I'm able to, I don't. I don't know what's at stake there, but it is at least interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think a lot of it is not about that. It's about this. I, you know, most. I think a lot of what I've seen in my, and I think I think this is an increasingly unpopular opinion. This idea that listening to audiobooks is fundamentally different from reading a print book. Um, but a lot of it is, is not about that at all. It's not about early literacy, whatever. It's really about the idea that this is a fundamentally different activity, which I suppose it is, but sort of the implication of it being fundamentally different and worse
0: Right, remember, like Of course, right?
1: listening is different from reading. That's not what the actual argument yeah. is. The argument is that, <laughs> that listening is worse. <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't want to leave your listeners with the impression that I am, I, you know, I can, I can, I can, I can, do you remember as I was saying to coming off as of someone who's, you know, gloriously unafraid. Um, my, my wife uh, does, um, uh, she, she will uh, listen to things uh, at double time or triple time, she'll turn. She'll, right, she has to absorb. Some, the, I, I, I feel like this is is just absolutely you know against some. That this is morally offensive. I mean, I just like it's strong,
1: right, so. there is something there. <laughs> now, but why? I the why? Same,
0: right. So I have the same question for myself. <laughs> why? Why do I? Have, why do I feel that that's? Why does that strike me? Uh, I mean, I, I, uh, you know, it's. These are, um, I guess, we we have to admit that these are
1: emotional um, things. And I think that's yeah. kind of that's where that's how we got onto this is your point about the attachment people have to these information technologies. Is there is something emotional there? There is some sort of romance. They're rarefied in some way. I mean a whole literature about what people are responding to that is very interesting. Um, but yeah, it's not always, I think we're not always, um, I will say I I have the same reaction that you do about this listening at the pre time speed wait, thing. Wait. I'm thinking about it. I'm sitting here. Why, why, why would that matter to me? But it does. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, and I, and I find I don't really have good reasons. Um, and,
1: the,
0: and maybe, you know, I mean, this comes back to, to to what the what the book is about. You know, I, I mean, I, I feel like um, what, uh, yeah, I had I, have, I have, we have people out there writing for the the New Republic and the LA Review Books and the you know fairly fairly prominent organs of of um, of talking about books and talking about about um, academia and so forth, Chronicle higher education and so forth. And a lot of people who feel really as if and felt ten years ago and fifteen years ago that the sky is falling uh, with this with this digital stuff, um, and I and I sort of knew that that we were ha- I, I knew and I think uh, perhaps they knew <laughs> too that we were having an emotional argument and 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 that what was really at stake here was not it, it, we ultimately we were not talking about. Ebooks versus books. We were not talking about key, pens versus keyboards. We, that that really it's it sounded like that at times. But what was really at stake was is is will will I or will we have as rich an intellectual experience as as as. Um, as spiritual in experience. You know, the the, mom, the moment of surprise, the moment of discovery, all the all the things for which we value the intellectual life and the life of worrying. can we have those with computers? That was real that was really the question. And I I I think almost everything I've written has been has been addressing that yes. question. Away, trying to, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. Yeah the, the experiences you can have with computers are are different. But yes, you 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 can have. We we it, like fear. You know, I don't like um, triple speed audio. <laughs> you <laughs> know, and you are free not to like text analysis. But if the worry is that we are taking a, we're a, a rich intellectual experience, getting rid of it and replacing it with a barren intellectual experience, I, I think that's not true. I will. I will. I. I doubt. I will um, repent ever having argued. <laughs> That I, work. I, I really that that just has not been my experience of computers and of of working with computers. I shouldn't say my experience of computers. My experience of using computers to study history, literature.
1: I'm going to link for listeners um, in the episode notes. I don't know if this essay exists in open access form, but certainly the things you're discussing do this response to stanley fish um in 2011 i think a lot of the debates that you're talking about um really i I think is is this the moment that you're talking about this 10 15 years ago when there's all of this sort of (laughs) public debate about the value of the digital humanities
0: yeah yeah yeah.
1: so i'm gonna i'm gonna link some of that because i don't know if we have time to get too into that but for any listeners um i'll put that in the notes um
0: i i really hope stanley fish is listening to this podcast i, I don't i don't know i don't know what the chances of that are but i i hope you know um professor fish is an extremely learned uh and and, and very uh voracious uh, consumer of so, so I, I would really, I, I would really love to send him that essay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, whenever I write something and I cite someone, I cold email it to them. <laughs> I actually appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, Of course, uh, you
0: know, um, uh, he, he's such a giant in my field. He's right. I, I uh, maybe I will. Maybe I'll just send it off him. Yeah.
1: Um. um. Okay, I'll we'll keep it to a few a few more questions. Um, let's end it on this. Actually, I think this this is a good a good question to wrap up with. I mean, the word under theorized comes up quite a bit. I think generally from critics of digital humanities saying that this pursuit is under theorized, and you're responding to them. Um, but I'm wondering, what are the theories of DH, and also, are there elements of the discipline that are under-theorized, and what are those?
0: Yeah, the the last the 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 answer to the last question is yes, and hopefully so. Or or what will we do? I mean, hopefully there are things we haven't sufficiently reflected upon. Uh, of course, you know, when people say something is under theorized, one one suspects a kind of a, a, a slur. You know, a
1: kind of... <laughs> right? It's not a I mean, it,
0: It's a polite way of saying you know <laughs> people aren't thinking deeply enough, or you. I mean, I don't think people are asking for a a theory. Um, and I also, I'm, I'm not sure that 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 DH, uh, and and here here I, I can I can plenty of people can I, I can imagine a level very articulate disagreements with what I'm saying, but I I don't think digital humanities as a field advances a particular theory of anything. If, if by theory we mean uh, a, 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 some, some sort of, so I I understand a theory to be something like um, some kind of narrative, some kind of framework, some kind of way, habit of mind or way of thinking that has a certain kind of explanatory power. Right. And this, this, of course, I mean, you know, the, in the sciences, we have theories, you know, of evolution that, it, you know, I say, or are, 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 um, are relativity or whatever, so, you know, something that has explanatory power with respect to natural phenomena. I think something like this is true in the humanities as well. It's, you know, we're trying to explain, um, we're trying to explain uh, post-colonial, the post-colonial condition, and we, we, and again, I think this brings us back to pattern. We, we develop ideas uh, uh, um, by looking at regularities and patterns and things like that. We, we develop uh, frameworks in which to think about certain phenomena. Uh, so there are lots of theories put forth to uh, offer explanatory, you know, there are lots of explanatory frameworks for lots of explanatory things. But digital humanities is kind of a meta discipline in that way. I mean, I, I think it, it doesn't itself provide uh explanatory frameworks. Um um what it what it might do though is is offer uh deep thinking I hope about about methodology, about about mat- methods of doing things. Um what are their uh, you know what are their um what are they good at, what are they bad at, what is gained, what is lost. Um and and I hope that on on those like so if the charge is that is that we are uh, not we're under Sarahs, we're not doing our job with respect to that um, the answer is probably yes and as I said hope so I hope so uh, but I but I don't think I don't think we right in the in the sense that that one would hope that we we are as reflective as we can be. But I I don't think DH is represents a particular framework for looking at the world or a particular framework for looking at at literature. I I you know you're asking a question that that um, as I as I as I mutter on here it becomes becomes more complicated the more I think about it. I you know I don't I, I'm interested I, now now I want to go find out what other people think about that. But I, I don't I don't think so that, I would love to hear. Yeah yeah <laughs> yes I mean but no, wait, no. so I mean. Um, I've been accused of being under theorized more more times I, I, you know. And, and again, I always I always detect a certain kind of, of slur. <laughs> I, it's interestingly reflective, and and um, yeah, you know, hopefully, um, hope to 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 the degree that that is an invitation to a certain kind of skepticism toward what is being assumed or what is being. Uh, I, I I hope we continue to be. I, have, I hope I hope all humanists are regularly charged with this, <laughs> with this malady because this is a good thing to we have we have blind spots in Dh all over the place I do I everyone does, everyone does. yeah I mean you know it's it's, it's good um although I, I if if I may I think there's also another there's another way in which that is being used and that, that phrase being used it means uh you, you guys are <laughs> you people are down with the Frankfurt school or cultural studies of that right that that you know, what they what they really mean is is uh and and uh honestly i think some are and some aren't. Um that that's more of a that's that's a that's a trickier uh question. Some people do come at the age precisely from their sites of angles uh and some don't but um many don't but um, uh, but so also often it means, you know, you're not not you're not you're not you're not, um, you're not using the, the same telescope I'm using or microscope you using a theoretical framework I would prefer
1: I think that everything you just said is a very useful way of thinking about the theories of digital humanities for me um and I think that's a good place to end off so thank you so much for joining me this afternoon um, and for sharing more about your book that I hope people now, go get and read <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: Indy, thank you very much. I really I really enjoyed talking to you. really appreciate uh, the opportunity to, to talk about the uh, the book and all this this other
1: stuff on <laughs> the stuff, all <laughs> thumbs up <laughs> Amen. All right. thank you so much.